your weekly Selk Grassroots podcast, brought to you by the Down to Play app. Welcome, and now for this week's edition of All Around the Leagues. So, on today's show, the last actually in our run of All Around the Leagues interviews um, series, and I'm pleased to uh, introduce Will from the Barnet Sunday Football League, um, a new league to our coverage uh, and a league very welcome, um, very, very um, active through the summer on social media uh, and probably um, will be our last, I think, um, for, for, a, for a while of our new leagues. But Will is introducing uh, himself uh, and he is the Park Royals manager. Uh, Park Royals are a team in the uh, Barnet Sunday League Prem Division. Uh, Will, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you doing, mate? I'm all right, mate. We were introduced quite late uh, in the evening the other night, and yes. uh, you've been thrusted into representing your league today. Yeah, mate. Hopefully, hopefully I can do them justice. That's the Ho- plan, anyway. Hopefully, hopefully. Uh, that's always yeah. the plan. Uh, tell us a bit about... Firstly, I'd, I'd, I'd like to know a bit more about the Barnet Sunday Football League. Not a league, um, I must admit, um, that I know too much about, being all, all the way up there in the uh, in the Midlands, virtually, virtually <laughs> for some of us. Um, We're inside the Watford Gap, mate, so we can't, <laughs> we're not Northerners. <laughs> so tell us a bit about the league, a bit of history, uh, and then how you became involved in your club. Um, so if, I, if I'm being totally honest, I don't, I don't know loads and loads about the, the kind of long-term history of the league um, because Park Rules only joined, I think this might be our fourth season coming up. Um, what what I can tell you about the league is is just what I believe about it at the moment. And I, I think at the moment, coming into this season, our Premier Division is probably one of the strongest leagues in London okay. in terms of the, the depth of quality of sides that are in there this year. Is As, as a manager in that league, it's actually scary. Yeah. Um, because you're looking at it, and whereas in previous seasons you might have looked and said, "Well, oh, there's there's definitely three points there, or there's definitely three points there," there's not there's not really a game you look at now, and you have that feeling about it um, because you, every week you're looking at your fixtures and thinking, "Oh wow, um, yeah, we know they're good, or we know they're good." Some clubs that we've played before, you know, the likes of Highgate Albion. Um, rising ballers yeah. that people will have heard of. Yeah. Um, but I would I would think anyway through their their ventures at, um, on YouTube or in county cups in Highgate's case yeah. and the national cup last year. And then there's new teams that have, that have come up or are newly formed. And again, we're we're hearing you know good things about them. Takers, um, AC United, uh, Trabs on Spore, all of them are, are top top teams. And so it means that. For someone like me who's got a managed team in that league, you know, we'd include ourselves in that bracket. Yeah. But you know, you're gonna to have to go out and do something special if you want to win that league this year. How how is it set in um, Barnet? Because I know we we have some local leagues around here where our top divisions are essentially the the highest level of player that seems to be non contract um gets is, is playing Sunday league football. Um it sounds like that's pretty much the same. What what I'm what I'm actually pleased to see is that the game in the southeast is certainly thriving. Our scene is thriving. It seems all the way, at least up to Barnet. I think Hearts, the Hearts ad uh, Sunday league uh, might be a bit more north, north, more north than you guys. Yeah, yeah, just slightly north of, of the Barnet league. Um, 
it's, it, I live closer probably to, to those guys than I do to the Barnley, but yeah, they're just a bit north of us. They just and, seemed we're thriving. We're thriving all the way up to to in our coverage area. We cover all the way up to there, and we we essentially go all the way down to beyond Maidstone at the moment, and, yeah. and all across London. We've, there's a bit of a gap in in the middle of London for us at the moment, but we'll get there. Um, but I'm just what I'm absolutely ecstatic to see is that the scene. It doesn't seem to be just thriving this side of the water. We're we're also hearing that the Barnet League and other leagues. Are uh, are absolutely stacked as well, so that can only be a good thing for grassroots football, can't it? Yeah, definitely. And I I think aside from the strength of the top divisions, I think one of the, one of the main things about the Barnet League this year, I think we've got seventy one teams, yeah, who are part of our constitution for next year, um, and and that's going back to numbers that you would have had in in the seventies and the eighties. You know, I, I remember my dad telling me about the Hendon and District League back in the day, had 12 divisions, 10 teams. You know, I, I don't think it's likely that we necessarily end up with 120 teams again. But having, I think having 71 is, is quite an achievement um, for the Barnet League. Bearing in mind, I think when I joined, there was only three, maybe four divisions. And one of them was a Betts League. Mm. Um, and we're now up to seven. And the quality of those leagues is 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 so much higher as well. I think it's... It's a ringing endorsement for the people behind the scenes, people like John, um, who I know really well, and, and other people that have been on the committee and, yeah. and are on the committee now that are just pushing this league in the right direction. Absolutely agree with you. And without knowing too much um, history of the league, and um, I maybe don't want to speak out of turn, but also I'm going to praise the league. That must It must mean that there's no trouble on the league. Um, it's it's well organised. There's a good committee clearly pushing it because I spoke with John yeah. uh, over the summer and he he wouldn't bother if it wasn't if it was a rubbish league, so to speak. It, he wouldn't yeah. bother wanting to yeah. push it. He wouldn't want advertising for the league. Um, so it can only be a good thing. We're we're blessed. We're blessed. We've got um, our local league here round here. Woolwich and Eltham is touching ninety uh, odd teams. We've got another one with eighty. Yeah. We've got the Southern Sunday, which is the biggest league. Um, which is a hundred teams. That's a, that's now a charter standard league as well. Really leading yeah. the way in, in in London anyway, uh, in terms of of itself. Um, and other leagues are really developing to catch up. Um, it's a fantastic scene at the moment, um, and I'm really really happy to have the Barnet League on on board. I know Highgate Albion were were a team particularly uh, that caught my eye in the National Cup last season. Yeah, um, and, and rising ballers don't really need much introduction, do they? No, of course not. Of course not. Everyone, everyone sees them week in, week out, and and what they're doing for those young kids is great. You know, it's it's tough for us, like I said, because you know they're they're a top top side, and I think they beat us both times last season. But I think even they probably admit the second time round we were we were criminally unlucky not to to get a result. Um, and they're a fantastic side, like you said about Highgate. What well, Adam Adam, the manager there, who I I talk to quite regularly, we we used to have quite a a little bit of a bitter rivalry. Um, it's a slightly fr- friendlier one these days. <laughs> but it, what he's doing at Highgate is, is fantastic. He's taking them and pushing them and making sure they're in all the, all the best competitions and in with a chance of winning them as well. I, I thought they were dead unlucky in, in the National Cup last year. Um, and once you, you know, if they get through the round that they got knocked out and you just never know in a cup, cup competition like that, one-off games, you know, someone's got to come down and travel from wherever it is and come down here, then you never know what they might have achieved. Exactly. So, that's the league sorted. Um, we're, we're, welcome, we're very much welcome, welcoming the league uh, to, the, to the part of 
to the Silk Football family. Bit of a start there. Sorry, guys. Um, so let's talk about Park Royals. Um, a club, obviously, um, competitive within the Bromley, the, the Barnett's uh, Sunday Football League. Um, yeah. Tell us a bit about the club and how you became involved. Um, so the club originally, was, I think, was formed in 1981 or 1980 by um, my dad and a few of the lads who play for us dads. They formed a team back then with a group of their mates and they were successful in the Hendon District League. And then as they kind of all started having kids and we all popped out, it was it kind of you died a little it. bit of a death. <laughs> yeah, we ruined it, mate. Yeah, we, I, we were the death of Sunday League football. Um, but we, uh, in 2012, me and a few of the boys um, had kind of all got back from uni or wherever we'd been um, and we just decided we want to start up a team and get things going again football-wise. Yeah. And that's when Park Royals was born, um, or reborn, should I say. So, originally we're named, everyone thinks we're from West London, we're from Park Royal, we're not. We're in North London. Um, we're named Park Royals because the original team used to train in the park and they used to drink in the Royal Scott Pub, which is <laughs> sadly no longer there. So, we became Park Royals. Um, Imaginative, we took that, that name. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you know, do you know what though? It's yeah, you slightly say it's not especially imaginative, but I quite like it. As yeah, a I like it. Name. I it, love it. It, it works. It definitely yeah. works. Um, and then uh, the, I became obviously I was involved from there. Um, played kind of a hundred odd games for the club over the course of the last six or seven years. Before two years ago, I took over, ironically, from my old man um, managing the side. Um, and uh, you know, without toot my own home too much I think we've we've come on leaps and bounds in in the last two years we're a we're a team now that thinks we can compete at any league Sunday uh, at any level sorry Sunday league wise we yeah. really do that's fantastic I mean you've uh, you've given your dad a little bit of uh, a little bit of grief there is he is he uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no definitely he, he deserves it he deserves it um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's all for, it's all friendly he's um, he, to be honest with you he did a job that was you know, I, I do it now, and it's not a job that I envy. I envy anyone doing. Um, I love it because they're my mates, and and it's just the best thing in the world. Getting up on a Sunday, going seeing them, and playing football, and you know, we take it pretty seriously as well at times. That we do like to have a laugh, but it's not easy at the same time. I think people often forget that when you're managing a Sunday league team, you're quite often managing your mates, um, and it's not easy leaving people out and upsetting people. Um, and for my dad, it was it was exactly the same, except for he was upsetting my mates. So it was, <laughs> you know, it's just a, a bit of a tough situation. But he did it. Uh, we've had um, Dougie, who is our now our kind of chairman of the club. He managed the club for a little while as well, and he's been involved from day dot. He's um, been the driving force behind the club for a long time now. You know, stuff and he's doing. Dougie gets it done, and yeah, he's the one that we kind of we owe a lot to. Over the last eight years, he's put a lot of effort into getting us back to where we are now. So, have you managed to? Is it a, is it a mates team essentially, or have you managed to mix it up just to keep it? No, no, we're we're a mates team. Um, we, we're actually quite strict on it. We only take people that we know, or someone in our team already knows. It's like a, a mate of theirs that they've known for a long time. We're really wary of uh, not rocking the boat, so to speak. But we we build ourselves on this kind of team ethic we all work hard for each other because we all care about each other in in a sense you know and you, you don't want to go out there and let your mates down yeah. my cousins play 
um, and some oldest schoolmates play. And then over the years, we have we've accumulated, you know, a few extra players that are slightly more tenuous, but not not to the extent where we're just we're bringing in anyone and everyone that plays Sunday League in in the north of um, in the north of London. We just pull in people that we know, um, and and look, look we're, we're blessed enough that some of our lads. Um, know some really good players yeah. and, and it's just so happened that you know we've uh, last season we brought in a lad called Toby who was um, essentially number two to Max Aarons and Jamal Lewis at Norwich okay. before he got released <laughs> so bad. his pathway was blocked slightly by those two um, he's come out he's been playing for us and he's fantastic um, we, you know it's just what we're, we're lucky like that we don't have to go out and um, and kind of hunt for players um, we get a lot of people asking us, "Come, come, can we come and play?" You get the messages on Instagram and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. it's unfortunate to have to tell them because I do just want people to play football. But I, I have to tell them that sorry, unless we know you and unless you're someone we've known for quite a long time, we're, we're not going to take you on board. So yeah, we are essentially a mates team. So, but the ethos is not sort of win at all costs. There is some sort of there is some sort of thought behind how you recruit players. We we see. Yeah. We see successful teams or teams that aren't too successful just completely change change the face of their club to be successful and then it seems that it's a million miles away from where they wanted to be uh, because all, yeah. all of the founder members are no longer involved and it's just one guy that has stuck with the club all the way through the history yeah. but that having that link to someone in the past is very important uh, to you. Yeah, yeah oh, definitely and it, look, we... When we're out on the pitch and for ninety minutes, it, it's win at all costs, and it. But that that's where it is out there for ninety minutes. We believe that we can put that kind of team together that can win stuff without having to do anything else off the pitch and all that kind of stuff. It's get out there ninety minutes, win at all costs, and then we're all out for a beer afterwards. And we're we're quite an old school Sunday league side, I would say, in in that sense. That's not. That's the best way to be, and that's that is the lifeblood of Sunday League football. I, I'm. I may. I may sound old. I'm 37 years old, and I think get Sunday football. Go for football in the morning. Have a couple of pints or whatever after the game, and then go and stay out for the rest of the day as we used to do. Or, yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know if you might not be able to hear it, but in my voice, it's, it's quite uh, croaky today. We had our our uh, club social after our friendly yesterday, and. I, I didn't get home until half four and I, I left some of the boys there so I'd hate to think what kind of state they're in. Um, oh God. They're probably still so, out. Yeah, no, there's a pretty good chance that a few of them are. Um, <laughs> so, no, it was, yeah, it was a good day and we, and we enjoy ourselves and we do, we, we, I say we pride ourselves on our ability to drink but we're, we're a decent drink inside as well as a decent football inside. I think it's part and parcel of Sunday football myself. And... <laughs> yeah, it has to be. Uh, you know, and, and having said that though, some of that's changing. You know, with the YouTube stuff and all that kind of thing, there, there's there's almost another side to Sunday League now, and and I'm a kind of a big advocate of it as well. I don't think you can ignore that kind of thing. No. Um, but we we I think for now anyway, we're going to stick in our lane and um, do our thing and, until such time that maybe you haven't got a choice but to to film your games or whatever. It might get to that point. You never know. It's going. I mean, it's certainly going that way to to different levels of. Um 
of success. Uh, I'd hate for teams to be so blinkered to think that they are going to be the next rising ballers, the next SE Dons or the next Beatties or the next under the radar. Record your games because you want something to look back on in 10 years, 15 years, 20 years time when you're not playing anymore. Don't do it because you want to be famous. I think... um, that's my only ethos on it. That's my only thought on it. Do it because yeah. it's going to give you a record of something that you loved doing when you was younger. Don't. Yeah, exactly, mate. We've got a team in our. I think they're in our first division next season, Edmonton Rovers. Yeah. Um, and I think they've been filming their game since around 1995, 96. What were they using? Well, <laughs> God, Sharp view cam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, they, that might be slightly up, but they've been filming them for a long, long time, and and they still do to this day. Um, so you know it's not it's not necessarily a new new thing no. to film your games but obviously with with YouTube being as big as it is now just in general it was only a matter of time before people wanted to watch amateur football in there yeah. and, and it's it's a thing that we're so passionate about in this country that that people are, people are going to watch it if the content's there they're going to go and watch it and I, I had someone I was speaking to someone the other day I can't remember exactly who it was and he was saying that he was in Portugal and they were asking him, do you play Sunday League? Do you play Sunday League? And it's like, they, they know about our Sunday League scene now. It's, yeah. it's not just in London or in the UK. It's, it's kind of going worldwide might be a stretch, but people are noticing it outside of the UK, which is scary for one. Mm. But also at the same time, that, that you know, it's massive. It's, you've, got to, you've got to admire the people that are pushing this scene forward a little bit. I absolutely do. Um, as I say, the, the big boys are the big boys and they're waving the flag, but um, everyone else that's doing it as well, take it, it, does, it takes a lot of work to edit a video. Uh, that's why we're that's why we're audio only because the, the post recording isn't that big, but all the work that goes into it, we work with a guy called Sports King TV and um, he's got a growing sort of highlight show that he's going to do for all of um, Sunday league football. So all you Barnet, all you Barnet boys that are listening to this, if you get a goal or something um, on a phone, send it into the show and he's looking for leagues to be involved. So he's looking to grow a sort of match of the day highlights thing. Um, everyone's doing it now and um, it's fantastic. Sounds good, man. Let's talk about uh, Park Royals last season then. How did your season go last year? Um, yeah, it went fairly well. Um, you know, obviously with with COVID, we didn't finish our league, um, which is a real shame. Uh, but we were in two semi-finals when the when the league was cancelled, and I think we were maybe third in the league, right? Um, with an outside chance of you know, if results went our way, we could have could have nicked it. Unlikely, but we could have nicked it. Um, we didn't, unfortunately never got to play Highgate last year which is a real shame because of the amount of cups they were in yeah. um, our games against them were going to be scheduled towards the end of the season they quite often are um, because we both play in quite a few cups so we didn't get to play them which is a shame it's always good to test yourselves against the best sides like I mentioned earlier we played ballers, uh, rising ballers twice um, and uh, on both occasions I think gave a very good account of ourselves I think Maz manager there were would probably admit that we're one of the better sides that they've, they've played. Um, and he had quite a few nice things to say about some of our players as well. Um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't the perfect season by any stretch, no. but there was really encouraging things. And and I think we're just going to go from strength to strength now. This is my, my second full season as manager. Right. Um, and Craig, who is my co-manager, so we do it together together. Um, 
we've got big ideas for what we want to do in a football sense. We, you know, we're always trying to move things forward and do things a little bit differently, um, and see if we can kind of advance on next season and put a bit more silverware in, in the trophy cabinet. Would have been nice to get the cups played. I think Middlesex, um, Middlesex County, they killed off their county cups, and as a result, uh, we kind of voted not to play our. The, the cups that are associated with our league, which is a real shame because mm. they were looking strong. Um, but yeah, it, was, mate, I, it was a good season and I enjoyed it. There were some good results along the way. There were some seriously poor results along the way, but, but that's football. Yep. Um, and you just got to aim to be better next season. And I, I, I genuinely believe we will be. Did you get the opportunity to vote on the PPG or, or Void or did the league make the decision for you? Uh, no, every, every club got a vote um, and it was decided that, that it would be voided. Um, I, I think the I think the problem with PPG at this level is there's such a disparity between number of games played and who you've played. So, for example, we hadn't played Tiger Albion at all, yeah, and and they also hadn't played Rising Ballers. This is Tiger Albion, so they essentially hadn't played the two strongest teams in the league at all. Um, and that's no discredit to a team like Muswell Hill who unfortunately had now folded they were a, a very good side as well um, and actually took points off rising ballers in, in a double header um, but Highgate hadn't played either myself or, or rising ballers so I think it would have been really difficult to settle things on points per game when you take that into account Yeah, I think you're right I think um, National Cups, County Cups um, League Cups uh, Prem Division teams I mean, we had one team in the in a local league that only had played four league games when you got yeah. to, when you got yeah. to March, with with, yeah. the, with the bad weather we had and the county cups and 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 that they only played four league games. So yeah, I don't, I don't think Highgate were, were far off that, mate. I think they might have played five or six. Yeah, so um, you can't do it. I, I think if every team has played each other at least once and you're over sort of sixty percent or seventy five percent of games played, I think then PPG seems a little bit fairer. But where yeah. you, where you've only got well, you played tw- what twenty percent, twenty forty uh, percent of your games or whatever. Yeah. And it's not it's not fair to do that. So I'm with you. Um, a question I like to ask everybody. Um, we're going to get onto your um, trophy cabinet in a minute. But if you had to choose between uh, cup finals and or league titles. What would you choose? Uh, league titles, just and that might have been a different answer at the beginning of the last season or the season before. Um, we've, as you'll find out in a minute, we've not won a great deal as a club. We've been a club in development for quite a while. Um, so when we won our first trophy in a, a couple of seasons ago, that was massive for us. But now I think I'd have to say a league title purely because. Like I mentioned earlier, the strength of our league, I think it would be an incredible achievement to win our league this year. Um, Whoever wins it, massive credit to them because it's going to be really tough. I think it's a much tougher ask even than going winning a county cup or getting, you know, going a distance in in the national cup because we're playing teams that are pretty much at that level week in, week out. Yeah. Um, And so if you you go out there and, and you're top of the pile at the end, like I said, you deserve a hell of a lot of credit. Is that a ga- is that the gaffer in you now as well? Thinking about league tiles because that shows that shows the the dominance over a longer period of time. Whereas a cup, maybe it, it, I think about it as the big day out and the big drink yes. and all that yeah. after. But yeah. gaff- gaffers yeah. will look at it and think, 
come on, we've we've played twenty games. We've played twenty games this season against X, Y, Z. This shows we are the best team, and and really that that is a gaffer saying we are. Yeah, exactly, mate. And, and that that's where it comes from from me. And I think Craig, who who works for me, would 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 say exactly the same. And don't be wrong, I, lo- I love playing in the cup final. Gutted we didn't get our opportunity last season. And like you say, they're a great day out, and we always we're well supported when we go and play in the cup final. More so than most other teams in our league. Anyway, we're not you know we're not getting SC Don's numbers by any stretch, yeah. but. You know, we're, we're getting close to 70, 80, 90 people come down and watch us for finals and things like that, which is nice. Mm. And and that's that's one of the big things about us. We're a family club. You know, when we play in these cup finals, everybody's family's there. Everybody knows everybody. And, and that's what we love about it um, when they do come around. But as you say, as a manager, I don't think there's any greater kind of accolade than, than winning league titles and winning the Premier Division of whatever whatever Sunday league you're in. You know, you're you're essentially putting a marker down, saying we're the best Sunday Leagues uh, side in this area. Yeah, agreed, absolutely. I think there's two different, very different perspectives, but ultimately, um, I think it just comes down to where you sit in a club as to what your answer will be to that one. Generally, yeah. Um, yeah. So, honours and successes. Yeah. So, like I say, this will be a short segment. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> we dusty at the moment. Yeah, a little bit, mate. I'm, I mean, I'm a, I'm a lifelong Spurs fan, so it's something that yeah, I'm quite yeah. familiar with. You've got, um, you got the Audi Cup to look at, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we've retained that as well without having to do anything, which is nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but yeah, in all seriousness, we uh, we came from the Harrow League where we won Div 1, uh, got promoted, and then I think we played maybe a season and a half in the Prem um, and challenged, but couldn't get it done there. Um, and then we came over to the Barnet League and we've been there or thereabouts every season maybe aside from our first where we finished fourth maybe mm-hmm. but we're second or third or, or here or there I think we finished a point behind Highgate um, a couple of seasons ago and we won the cha- uh, we won the Challenge Cup uh, in 2018-2019 um, which like I said that was a brilliant day for us we'd lost a cup final a couple of weeks prior to that to Highgate and it, funnily enough I was talking to their manager the other day and after it, I said to him, I said, I, I don't know how we've not won that game. And he said, no, you're chatting shit, will you chat? I said, no, seriously. And then he went back and watched it fairly recently. He, he rang me the other day and he said, I've just watched that game. And he said, uh, you were right. <laughs> you should have won that game. <laughs> but in, in a cup final, you've got to take your chances. And we didn't. We had enough of them, didn't take them. So then to go on the, two weeks later and, and go on with, um, and win one, was was a big big thing for us, um, and it was we didn't make it easy. There's a lot of parallels between us and Tottenham. Even when we do get somewhere, we never do it the easy way. Um, and I think we ended up we ended up winning three two. Couple of goals in the second half from our striker, my cousin. Um, actually, one of my favourite goals we've ever scored. Um, was, are you one of these guys? Are you one of these guys who can recall moments from basically every single game you've ever been involved in? Uh, yeah, my, I mean, if you speak to any of my boys, I'm a bit of a freak memory-wise. Um, they will kind of be talking about something, and I'll say, "Oh, do you remember this game where so and so did this and that?" And then, uh, like, we'll know. I've, I've got no <laughs> idea what you're on about, mate. It was eight years ago. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah. So it was. But yeah, I'm, I'm a bit weird like that. We we played some really nice football out from out from our left back into midfield. Um, ended up with our right back first time crossing. It was a great flicked header from the near post and kind of flew into the far post. But I can remember it 
like it was yesterday. And that's not just because it was a cup final goal. I'm just a bit of a, like I say, I'm a bit of a weirdo like that, to be honest with you. <laughs> so aspirations going forward. Uh, let's say next season, where do you want the club to be in three years' time and 10 years' time? Where do you see uh, Park Royals being? Um, look, next next season, the, the ambition has to be to go and win the league. Um, I, I, I don't understand people that don't have that ambition because that's what we're there for um, at the end of the day. If you're playing in the Premier Division, you're good enough to go and win it. You've got to go and try and win it. So that's where, you know, at the end of next season, we'd like to be champions. Um, we've we've entered the National Cup for the first time. Wow. So, Congratulations. Uh, yeah, thanks. Well, well, I think we find out whether we're in it tomorrow, um, okay. whether we're actually in. So if we get in, that'd be great. And we'd, you know, I think in your first season in, in that competition, you've just got to go and look to put a little bit of a marker down, even if you don't get particularly far, go out there and, and get a couple of decent results. Uh, we'd like, as a, you know, as I've said, we're, we're a team that loves a drink. So we'd like one, one or two nice away days out of that. Um, <laughs> that would be lovely. But yeah, I think, I think next season it's got to be, Go and, go and win the league and put some more silverware in, in the cabinet it, it needs it um, and then longer term I, I don't I don't really look too far ahead to be honest with you um, Are you one of these that are worried about having a reserve team or a youth team or anything like that or is it just let's focus on this one team and see where we can get this, it's, this, this. Yeah it's enough of a headache for me actually uh, just running one team so I, I think there's there's potential down the line maybe for a second side but one of the problems with that is it. Cre- I think it creates divides in friendship groups yeah. because there'll be certain players that are used to playing for the ones, and because we've only got a, a first team, you know, and then they're going to have to drop down and play for the resis or the twos or if you want the blues, if you want to call them that, whatever you call them, and that that's never a nice feeling. No, and so it's not something particularly I want to put any of my mates through. I, you know, I'm happy to say to them, look, you're not going to get minutes for the firsts you know you're not going to play for us much anymore and then it's their prerogative whether they want to keep training and keep turning up and and all that kind of stuff um but i think when you force them down into into a reserve side it's, it can get a little bit sticky like that yeah it, you know it's, we, we'd love to have have a youth team i think there's some great clubs that that run really top top youth teams and that's a great thing but unfortunately all you know, we all work and we all have other commitments and it's a lot of effort to go out and do that. It's enough effort to run one mm. one Sunday league side. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it doesn't mean that we don't want to do other things. You know, we're, uh, for the first time this year, we're going to have um, Calm's logo on our sleeve. Which is, for anyone that doesn't know, that's the campaign against living miserably. Yeah. Um, and they combat kind of um, mental health in young men, basically, which... Is, is of massive importance to me and, and I think as a result of that it's been taken on by all the boys at the club so that maybe that's something that you know three years down the line we'd look to further that partnership and, and do a bit more with that um, so that we're raising awareness of that it's one of the things that I'm massive on um, and hopefully it's something that the boys have taken on board as well Fantastic we're, uh, we're big advocates of men's mental health here as well we've got a, a local ca- a charity uh, the Mike Strong uh, Memorial Fund that we play a charity games for as the Selk 11. Um, we're arranging a year's worth of games going forward now, a game every quarter. Um, we're in support. We have our own initiative called uh, 12th Man, which is a, a group of 
um, trying to get guys together and with guest guest speakers just to talk about yeah. motivation and self worth and and all that stuff. This is literally just kicking off now, so um, absolutely outstanding of you guys to to look to. Uh, involve charity like that with your team and and there's nothing wrong with just wanting to be ambitious with one team you could go and you could go and join up with a youth team and and have 15 teams and and then have reserves and third team and then you you lose the essence of of what you wanted it to be at the very beginning and there's nothing wrong with just wanting to push one team to the very high the very highest levels that you can get it to so congrats on that yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, that's how I that's how I look at it, and it, you know, it's just about we want to keep everyone involved for as long as possible. You know, if you're not playing, then come down and help me coach, or we, you know, help out at training and come on all the socials, all that kind of stuff. You know, you're never not part of this club, even if you're not playing anymore. You you remain a part of it, and everyone's always welcome. So, I wouldn't want to lose that, um, and I think there is a slight risk of doing that if you do end up with a, with a resi side or whatever. Yeah, could be, and and most resis, most resis, resis teams these days, they don't really seem to be that attached to the first anyway. It's just one team that wanted to come along and play under, yes. yeah. under a banner of another team, so um, it becomes a bit of a slightly farcical. And I don't mean that to be um, offensive to anybody, but I just it's not the true essence of running, of a reserve team. But anyway, no. um, let's concentrate on Park Royals, one club, and winning the uh, Sunday National Cup next season. Yeah, if we, if we can go and do that, then then I I might have to retire off the back of that. I think that. <laughs> that's never going to be better, is it? Retain, yeah. retain. Oh, yeah. I I, I, got, I watched. Um, I think it was two, maybe three years ago. Now there was a final. Uh, sorry, mate, my little boys worked in. Great, can you just go downstairs, please, mate? Daddy's talking to someone. Um, I watched a team. I think they were called Aylesbury Flooring, and okay. they won the national cup a couple of years ago. And I watched them. They had about 800 people there. Is that where there was riots going on, basically, outside the ground? Yes. Yeah, 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 that's exactly the one, mate. Yeah, that's the one. Um, But I watched it and I thought to be able to play in front of, I think there was 1,200 people there. Yeah. um, You know, as a Sunday league side, that's got to be the dream. And I think, you know, if you get there, you've got the opportunity to do that. So having watched that, it just, uh, from there, it was, we've got to be in this. I think when we're ready to be in this competition, we've got to go and put ourselves in it and, this is the first season I felt where we're in it. We're in a decent enough spot to go and give a good account of ourselves. What ground have you managed to uh, talk into uh, having you for your Sunday? So, we're 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 probably the envy of most teams in our league in that we've we're really lucky. We've been playing at Hadley Football Club, okay, um, for three seasons now, I think. Um, so we're really lucky. The pitch is immense. Steve Gray, who is a massive part of what Hadley do keeps the pitch in an unbelievable nick and um, we've got good facilities it's so you've been playing us. there and you've been playing there anyway yeah yeah we played there anyway so, so there's no uh, like you haven't had to you won't be changing ground no, or anything for your Sunday no, we've not, yeah we've not had to find anything else oh we're, that's fantastic we're, yeah our, we're very lucky we're very lucky I say well I say we're lucky we pay enough money for it but yeah. we're lucky to have been given the opportunity we, we know Steve and his brother like I say who are involved at Hadley we've known him a long time so they they were kind enough to to allow us to go and play there, um, and you know it just it makes that my life that much more enjoyable because we've got a great pitch, we can play good football on it. It's good facilities, the clubhouse is great, the changing room is great. The only downside is is I think everyone wants to come and give a good account of themselves mm. when they come and play us. Yeah, you're giving them a cup final, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. It's it's um it's the best ground in the league. 
by a mile. Um, and that's not a slight on anyone anyone else's pitch because there's we're actually really lucky as a league that the majority of the teams in the Prem have got a really nice pitch. Um, but everyone wants to come and play that. I think I, I actually think our cup finals next season as a whole league are going to be played there. So there might be a bit of uproar if we get there. Because um, we'll, we'll essentially have a home game for a cup well, final. It is what it is. If that's the venue yeah. and, and they say it at the beginning of the season, then it is what it is. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to argue with it nah. or make a big deal out of it because it suits me. But no, yeah, so we didn't have to go out there and find a ground. We're really, really lucky. Um, and, you know, from that point of view, it's, it's not a lot of work, which is good. Who's your biggest rivals? Um, do you know what? I, when I saw this question, I, I struggled to answer it at first, but we've got a few um, traditionally... Um, AC Finchley, who are in our league again for the first time in a while next season. We used to play against them in the Harrow League. Um, we left there and they've now come over for their second season in, in the Barnet League, so they're back. Um, we've known them a long time. We know a few of the lads, so there's a there's a friendly rivalry there yeah. off the pitch, but it, it gets a little bit, um, you know, sometimes can get a bit heated on the pitch. Um, more recently, uh, I would say Highgate, we've just because we've we've gone head to head with them for four seasons now, um, and they would probably say we're their biggest threat up until this season when you know there's or last season with ballers coming in. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we had that, and like I said, that was a rivalry that was it was a little bit bitter for a little while. Um, uh, me and Adam never saw eye to eye their manager, and and now we we're almost there. Uh, I wouldn't say busy mates, but we 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 like a chat about football and about the league. So we we kind of uh, put up with each other until it's match day. <laughs> and and then the last one would be um, a team in uh, I think they're in Div Two next season, uh, Mill Hill Club, the football, and they're made up of um, lads that we went to school with that essentially weren't good enough to play for Royals. Um, <laughs> now we played them yesterday. Funnily enough, um, we beat them seven nil. So. I thought I'd get an extra little dig in after the result <laughs> yesterday. But no, they're, they're, they're a top group of lads. They're, they're going through their second season, um, I think. They're like a fairly new club and they're a really, really top group of lads. And I think they're, gonna, they're probably going to have a good season this year. But that, that's a really friendly rival. We, we all sit around and have a beer afterwards. And, and you know, there's no, uh, there's no ill feeling there at all. Um, but it's just it's good fun to have a pop at them. Just an interesting question. Um Rising ballers coming into uh, your division, how was how were they sort of um, welcomed? I know there was some negative, some negative yeah. feeling towards uh, SE Dons moving into uh, the Alpenton and Bromley's senior division, being this yeah. big YouTube sort of name. And rising ballers are, are as popular, if not you know, if not uh, more popular than the SE Dons. Um, how how were they received into the league by the sort of traditional clubs that had already been around? Yeah, there was there was a little bit of um, you know there was a few people that weren't keen on them joining, um, and I, I wasn't one of them. I I always just want to play against the best teams. So put the best teams in my league. I want to play against them. I want to test myself. I want to test the boys. Um, so I've got no issue with it. I they're not. Um, a group of lads that I find it particularly easy to get on with, but they're a lot younger than I am, and you know they're they're not going to have the same outlook as I do. Um, whereas with the Highgate boys, although we've had our our differences in the past, we can all 
kind of have a chat after the game and it it's not quite the same with ballers. They're on a different wavelength to the rest of us, I think. And that's no bad thing because they're trying to do something totally different to what we're trying to do. Yeah. Um, they're out there trying to put their players in the shop window almost um, to, to get picked up by clubs higher up the ladder. And, you know, they've, they've done some great things. A couple of lads, I think, went from there to Sheffield United and some one of them just signed for Crawley. So, look, they're, they're doing what they what they set out to do and if and I'm sure that the, the, the manager there if he can go and win trophies along the way then then that's great for him the, the only thing I would say is I, I don't know how beneficial it is for them to be playing in in Sunday League I think sometimes it can be more of a detriment to them than than a positive you know they had a game last year they played a team called Winchmore in our league and they got abandoned because they were just getting lumps kicked out of them. And there will be a few teams that look at you and just think, yep. we're never going to be able to beat you, so we're just going to come out here and, and genuinely try and hurt you, um, which is a real shame for them. I personally believe they're much better off going out and, and not being associated with the league, playing these, what I call glamour Show, friendly Showcase games. Yeah, showcase games, because, you know, you can without wanting to disrespect the Barnet League on part of it, but you can go out and you can find a better quality of opposition for these showcase games. You go and play, I think they played Dacrington Stanley under 23s or yeah. under 18s or whatever. They've done the same against Derby County and things like that. They have enough about them that they can go out and get those games. And I just think they're much, much more beneficial to them than and turning up on a Sunday and playing, you know, the Winchmore who were a pub side and just wanted to kick them. And, you know, it's not it's not unfeasible that one of the players that's playing for them picks up a really serious injury. And, and instead, of, instead of kind of pushing his career forward, he ends it. Yeah. You know, and I think look, that can happen in any, any game of football, definitely. But it's a lot less likely to happen in, in a showcase game than it is in Sunday League. Um, so that would be my only kind of bone of contention with it. But... I'm happy to have anyone in the league. I just want to play the best teams we can possibly play. I think the uh, I think it's a it's a sort of feather in the cap for any league to have um, one of these um, you know YouTube teams in there, especially um, ones that are doing well. So Definitely. whichever leagues the FC Dons or under the radar rising ballers Beatties play, um, it's a good it's a bit of a it's a bit of a flex of the muscles. They must be doing right these leagues to attract that level of, of team. Um they must yeah. think they must think they can achieve what they need to achieve. So hopefully yeah, they don't exactly. hopefully they stay in the Barnet League or yeah, and, no, and continue I, to I flourish. Really hope they do. From from my point of view and from a selfish point of view, from the league's point of view, we want them in there. Because they're they're a great asset and, and more than anything, they're a great football side. Yeah. Um from the, I just feel from their point of view, maybe they could achieve something slightly different but look they know what they're doing and and they're doing it well so who am I to tell them to tell them otherwise fair comment so if not you from the Barnet uh, Prem Division who do you think would win the league if you don't win the league who do I think will win it yeah um, I've changed the question because I said who would you like to and everyone was just calling out their mates team and I, and I thought oh yes yeah, I went slight I did go slightly so I'll tell you both answers who I would like to win it is, is takers um, who are a new team coming up from Div 1. They're just a, a top group of lads and they're doing their own YouTube thing um, and doing it in the right way. And I really like what they're doing. Um, I'd like to see them win it. Who I think will win it? Um, for me, 
I don't know too much about a couple of sides that have come up, so they might surprise me, but it would be Ballers or, or Highgate. Um, and and between those two, it's a real coin toss. It's a real coin toss because Highgate have got bundles more experience. They've played in this league for a long, long time. They know what it takes to win it. Um, but I think they probably happily admit that technically RB are a, a top, top team. And they can show up on any day and beat anyone if they're all if they all click into gear. Yeah. So yeah, it's a tough one. Um, if we don't win it, which we want to, I would just probably edge Highgate, maybe. Okay. So who would win the cup? So I'm thinking of the cup that all of the teams enter. Your FA Cup up in up in Barnet. Uh, it will yeah. usually be one of the Prem teams um, that win it. Who who's got the who's got the minerals to do that? In your division, again, it's going to be it's going to be from the same set of teams. Um, purely because I don't know enough about the teams that have come up. I've been told that they're strong. Um, this is Traps on Sport, AC United, um, Takers. You know, they they're probably going to be in with a shout. Um, if not us, yeah, same again. I think Highgate, Rising Ballers, um, any of those two us takers that I think that's the difficult thing with this question is the the Prem is so strong this year yeah. there's so many good teams and like like I said the depth of it is massive that it's really difficult to say to give it a couple of seasons ago when it was kind of the strong teams were ourselves and Highgate eventually United who sadly folded it, uh, you kind of you knew that if you beat Highgate you probably won the competition, whether it was a league or the cup. Yeah. Whereas now you can go into a season and know that if you don't beat Highgate, someone else is going to. Um, and that means that it kind of leaves it wide open for anyone to win it. If I had to put money on it again, I, I'd just go Highgate. They've just got the record of winning things. just what they've done for a long time in this, in this league. So I, I, I don't think you can underestimate, you know, a team's ability to win stuff. Um, regardless of the players they've got in their team they have that knack of winning things Fantastic right and this is the one that's going to get you in trouble on <laughs> uh, on social media uh, if not well if not you obviously you're not hoping to be relegated but who do you think are going to be the basement boys? Um, this is tough again uh, don't really tough it, Don't bottle it Will <laughs> I would based on the last game that we played against any of these teams and I can only go off the last game we played against someone. I Horns in Highgate. Um, we we played them in the cup last year and beat them ten one. Okay. And on that on that day, I just thought they weren't quite at that level. But, but you don't know who they brought in. You don't know who they signed. You don't know who was missing last year. They they were the team that I I felt most comfortable against last year. Um, Continental finished I think maybe bottom or second bottom last year um, but I was speaking to the guy that runs them recently and they've brought in quite a few new players so we're expecting them to be stronger if, if they are stronger then then you never know what they're going to do yeah. um, but if they're not they, they'd probably they'd probably struggle and I think the guy who runs them would probably admit that as well um, but yeah like I say I don't I don't look at the league and see any whipping boys this season you know normally you've got one team who you just think yeah well like I say, there's three points there. But I, I don't think that you've got that this season at all. That, I'm really excited to watch the Barnet Sunday League this season. Right, on to the next question. I'm just going to go ahead of the teammates and we'll come back to them in a minute. 
Um, yep. Who was the best opposition that you faced overall last season? Uh, best opposition we played last year, uh, Old Southall in the Middlesex Cup. Okay. Um, they they made us look silly. They were organised, um, had a really clear way of playing, uh, and they kind of you throw in there a couple of really talented players. I think they had a lad up front, and I might get his name on, but I think his name was Bill Al, and he absolutely ruined us. Um, and a lad in the middle of par- middle of the park who was playing maybe playing futsal for England or something like that. He serious serious player. They made us look really really silly on the day where we thought we could go because they were the the beaten fine or they won the Middlesex Cup the year before and we kind of went there with the ambition of right let's put a real marker down here today um, and go out and beat them and yeah they made us look really silly uh, 6-0 never, never in with a sniff yeah it was in, it was embarrassing and we had we sat down after the game as a team out on the on the grass and kind of had it out because it was it was bitterly disappointing um, because they're, they're the kind of games that you want to be able to step up for um, and we just couldn't get it done. Um, and then if, you, if we were picking someone from our from our own league, like I said, we didn't play Highgate last year, we, but we played Rising Ballers, and and when they when they get the ball moving, they're yeah they're really difficult to play against. They play in tight spaces really well. They create overloads in wide areas high up the pitch that is difficult to deal with. Um, and when you've got the ability that some of their lads have got. You know, you can pull a goal out of nothing. And we were the victims of that in our home game against them last year. Uh, one all going to the final couple of minutes and a little bit of quality for them wins the game for them. Um, yeah, they, they I would say Old Southall and Rising Ballers were, were comfortably the two best sides we played last year. Which was your favourite game? Uh, I really struggled on this one. I've got to be honest, there, was, there wasn't really one that that massively stood out last year. I, lo- I love every game. I I just love get being involved and going down there and, and being involved. So I, I actually really struggled to pick out a favourite game, I've got to be honest. Um, Not the 10-1 you just spoke about? or Yeah, that was fun. That was really fun. And, and the, um, one of our lads, um, Ed Davis, he, I think he scored direct from a corner and he chipped the keeper for the other three goals that he scored. So <laughs> it was almost... It, we, we put on a bit of a show. They... They, funnily enough, they'd beaten us earlier on in the season at, at our home ground um, where we had Craig, my co-manager, playing central midfield for 90 minutes um, and we were just bare bones. We had no one left uh, and they beat us 4-1. So there was a little bit of a, a score to settle for that 10-1 game and we and we went out there and settled it quite comfortably. Um, it just, everything, you know, one of those days where everything yep. just clicks, every yep. pass... Every shot seemed to fly. It kind of reminded me of um, when Bayern beat Spurs last year. It 7-2. Every single shot that we had just went in. It just flew in. Yeah. Um, and it was just one of those days. That was good. And I think the lads, we, we won 6-0 in the Middlesex Cup against a team called St. Mary's. Um, I think the boys really enjoyed that game. Um, again, Ed Davis, who plays for us, he got a little bit of traction on social media. He scored a really nice goal, um, cutting in from the byline and, and rolling it past the keeper. Yeah, I, and and in all honesty, although we lost both times, I enjoyed the games against Rising Ballers. Like I said, I enjoyed challenging myself and challenging the team. And that, and that was a really tough ask to go there and play them, so I enjoyed those as well. Fantastic. So now's your opportunity to get your own back on, on the boys who give you stick <laughs> every single week. Uh, 
don't pay their subs or pay their subs late or um i wonder how much of these um questions have been answered through lockdown with with whatsapp groups and all that yeah. all that type of thing yeah we, fair, we, we discussed them last night on the social as well we had a little discussion about who we thought what should be uh, <laughs> should be nominated for each one so i imagine it's going to kick off now so who <laughs> who has the worst banter at park walls uh, this is a no-brainer this is my cousin tom his banter is absolutely full name, awful. Full name please well, well tom brown okay, yeah tom, tom brown. brown um terrible terrible banter um and yeah that was almost unanimous last night when we discussed that cool. yeah so there's a couple that have got see this was a little bit of a bone of contention we had there's a couple that have got no banner but does that count as awful banner because they've got nothing they never say anything no i so don't think that, i think you need, a, think you need that someone that tries didn't you to, yeah to yeah go. so yeah tom brown without a shadow of a doubt tom brown sort yourself out mate um <laughs> worst dressed you must have seen it last uh, night yeah, um, funnily enough, he wasn't out last night. He came up with some ropey excuse about not coming out. But Callum Lee, um, he wears this pony brand that he, he runs with his old man called Why Not? And he gets stick for it constantly. He's, so he kind of, I don't really know what the deal is, but they get this stuff shipped in from Italy and he wears it and tries to get all of us to wear it. But none of us <laughs> are having it. Um, so yeah, Callum Lee, I'm afraid. Yeah, all right, okay. I thought, is there any? There's no boot cut jean wearers or anything like that in the squad. No, nothing. We did have um, Toby. Um, he turned up uh, last season for one of our games wearing uh, what I can only describe as a pair of pajamas um, <laughs> in the in the dressing room. They were a pair of trousers. They were absolutely awful. And then we had um, Daniel Stout, Stout, one of our centre backs turned up after a night out of his missus uh, to a game in the morning in full kit. But he had his church shoes on, um, so that wasn't wasn't the strongest look I've ever seen. No, but on on the whole, though, not a bad dressed bunch of lads. Who's the biggest moaner on the pitch? Nick Brown. Easy. And I'm not going to say any more on that. He's Nick. It's Nick Brown by an absolute country mile. Unanimous vote again. Uh, yeah, I'll oh, definitely definitely He's... that. I don't think anyone would would argue that with that. He'd moan about it, but I don't think he could actually argue about it. <laughs> is he renowned in the in the league as being a moaner? Is he is he well known for that, or is it just amongst you boys? Um, I think there's probably a few refs that that would know, that would know him. Um, <laughs> maybe not anymore. He's he's you know he's had a, a big preseason. He's lost quite a lot of weight, and he's come back sharper than he's ever been. Um, so they might not recognise him next season, but they, they soon will when he opens his gob. <laughs> Who's got the worst taste in music? Oh, this is Cal Lee again. I'm afraid we last season for our cup final, I asked all the lads to send in two tunes that they wanted on the playlist for the changing room. Yeah, and you know there was some questionable stuff on there that I'm not into. Um, but then Cal, his two songs were maybe "History" by One Direction, something by One Direction, right? And uh, "You're My Mate" by Right Said Fred. Um, <laughs> so. Yeah, there's, I, I, honestly, I can't say more than that about his music taste. It's absolutely shocking. I think it's probably been 30 years since Wright said Fred have made it onto any other playlist. Um, uh, ridiculous, absolutely. And he seemed to think it was a great shout as well. He was having the right old sing-along to himself. And yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure I should have let it in, but I had to. You know, those were the rules. Who's the longest in the shower? Well, I'm, I can only go off what I've heard here because... No, I don't want to. I don't want to put myself in any hot water. If, <laughs> if you're going on, if you're going on the traditional answer to the question, um, Daniel Stout has been has been picked out as one who might be up for it. Um, if you're asking who's actually the longest time in the shower, that's Charlie Mabbott by Country Mile. The geezer spends more time doing his hair 
certainly is on the pitch for. Okay. Um, so that'd be him. But yeah, from what I've heard, it's um, it's Stouty. Fair play to you, Stouty. Lucky, lucky. <laughs> right. <laughs> Who's your player's player? Who's leading by example on and off the pitch for Park Royals? Uh, Tom Brown. Terrible banter, but just an absolute model professional. You couldn't ask for more. He's our captain. Leads by example. Great talker. Um, and all the lads would say exactly the same. He's someone that everyone looks up to and admires his his attitude. And, and you know, he was one that spent a little bit of time out of the team last season through injuries and just lack of fitness. And he's come back this season in a kind of new role. And he's been absolutely immense through pre-season. So, yeah, Tom Brown. Congrats, Tom. Who's your unsung hero? Uh, Stopsy. Ed Stops, our goalkeeper. He's got the best goalkeeper's name. Um, in Sunday League <laughs> Stopsy by name Stopsy by name yeah yeah exactly which is a, it's a cracker um, but he's he's one who he's just he does everything right all the small things that you'd want a player to do being on time all those small things he does them well and people he's another one that I think people would look up to um, but he doesn't necessarily get all the credit we've come to expect probably too much from him so when he's good, we just go, oh, yeah, but that's Stopsy. Um, yeah, he, he would definitely be our unsung hero. That's what you can't, I mean, you can't live without those type of characters. Um, Sunday League football lives and dies um, by those sort of dependable yeah. dependable quality um, players. And they do, keepers often do get overlooked, probably same as fullbacks. And, and yeah. <laughs> yeah, they get overlooked all the time, but um, absolute quality. Well done, fella. Um Let's get on to some general questions about grassroots football in general. Um, What do you think your league do well in the development and support of Sunday league football? Or not just your league, maybe, but what are you seeing generally amongst amongst the community that that you are in massive support of at the moment? I I think for me, it's just the uptake. It's it's how many people are getting involved with it now. Um, You know, I think there was a time, I'm 28 now, in my early 20s where... You know, it almost felt like Sunday League football was dying a bit of a death. I was going to say um, about ten years ago, it was. I think yeah, it was on its yeah, knees. Yeah, it was on its knees. Um, so just the uptake and you know, for for the Barnet League, it's it's you know getting all these teams signed up and having quite a hefty constitution for next year. And like you say, that that seems to be the case across the board. So that's something that's really encouraging. And I think you can't say more than that um, when you're getting people out of the house on a Sunday morning. And playing football, that can only ever be a positive thing. Yeah, um, It's much like boxing gyms where you're getting people off the street or out of difficult situations at home into a boxing gym and they go and release whatever it is they need to release and they get taught things and respect and morals. And, all. and I think the same can be said for football. You know, I think at times there is a lack of respect on, on the football pitch, but we try and encourage as a league um, and part rules as a club you know, to have respect for everyone, the ref, your opponent, you know, the players you're playing with. And I think sport is such a massive part of of the development of young people. So if we can get more young people out there and playing football, um, that's a great thing. And then, you know, some of the older lads as well that, that carry on playing into their thir- uh, late 30s, 40s, that's a great thing for them as well, keeping people fit. I just think it's such a positive thing to finally have Sunday League football back where it is Agreed. or where it should be, sorry. 
I agree. I mean, one of the things that um, came out of lockdown, we did a big series of podcasts called 50, series, uh, 50 Podcasts in 50 Days, where I yeah. interviewed 50 people one one day after wow. the other for 50 <laughs> days. It's just a little... Um, just a little exercise for myself, really, to have some kind yeah. of schedule during lockdown. I mean, I carried on working, but um, I'd rather not be working. So I, I did this podcast series. And one thing that was really apparent through lockdown is that everyone made the extra effort to check in on their mates, to see if everyone was yeah. all right. We're all missing football. And um, what I hope comes out of it is now we've got football back, is that when we are back together on the fi- on the field next week for some leagues or the week after, um, that we get... We, we, we keep that level of respect and all right we want to be competitive we, we don't want it to be um, a nothing game we want tackles we want all of the competitiveness but let's have that extra bit of respect now we've nearly lost we could have nearly lost this season with the uh, lockdown situation but we've got yeah. it now let's just make sure that this season is one of the best ones all round for discipline yeah, for, for football all of it let's make sure we really celebrate this this season because you know, at some stages last year, it looked like we weren't even going to have football till January. Um, yeah, people yeah. were talking about. So I really want us to all embrace this season because it's, you know, it's it's, it's the one that that we nearly didn't have. Yeah, no, exactly, I, mate. I, I think there's never been a truer word spoken. We really, um, really have to push that this season, making sure that we're taking advantage of actually being able to play football again. Because I think everyone missed it so much. Um, like you say, we should just be getting back to it and enjoying it and, and making the most of it. Let's hope that happens. Where, where do we need to improve, though, Will? Um, it's not. This isn't so much a, an improvement for me in the sense that I don't think, you know, I don't think it's a negative thing. I, for me, I think that we should be using the platform that Sunday League Football is developing um, to raise awareness for causes that affect the demographic um, that play Sunday League Football. Yeah. We spoke briefly about mental health earlier. And I think knife crime is another big one. I think we should be doing a lot more to raise awareness, raise money, whatever we can do for these charities. You know, teams, I don't want to put pressure on people, but teams like SE Dons and, and RB and Baytees and whoever it is who've got these big platforms, it's great to use it to further Sunday League, but let's actually use it um, to, to further better causes as well. Um, you know, I think you could do so much good um, for the people that are playing Sunday League, I think what people forget is that you know the young men that are committing suicide and and all that are are us. Yes, it's, it's men between the ages of eighteen and forty. It's the biggest killer, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Look, it's it's a stat that's rolled out regularly, and, it, and rightly so because it needs to hit home. These are your mates, these are your brothers, your cousins, your dad, whoever it is they're the people that this is affecting yeah so let's try and raise awareness to help all of us to help ourselves and it, it, like i said the same goes for knife crime the people that are getting stabbed out there are young lads who if maybe if they were playing more football or they were given more of an opportunity to do something else wouldn't need to be doing that and we should be doing more in you know i consider myself to be in quite a privileged position but i can help out so i think as a platform um we should be doing more you know we're, we're looking to to build up as you know build up Sunday League but let's use that Sunday League platform to do something better 
what I'd like to see is all of the leagues come together to to, to do one initiative. Yeah. It's, it's not very often that uh, the leagues uh, mingle too much. Um, we get the odd rep game every now and again if if leagues do it. Um, but for initiatives like that that hit every part of of the UK, basically there'll be knife crime somewhere. But especially around yeah. in and around London and the southeast, um, obviously it's quite it's prevalent and something that's touched my life sadly. Um, but um, all the leagues could come together and start an initiative to, to try and tackle yes. life crime, try, try and link up with local youth leagues, make it fe- make the make the um, a feeder league. So the kids, when they come out of under 18s football, there's an under 23s league to go into to their yeah. Sunday league, or there's yeah, keep them busy, mate. Just keep them yeah. busy, keep them off the streets, and you know that's, that. Ho- hopefully, some people from leagues are listening, and, and they can take that on, or whether it forms part of. Um, count, the counties could all come together and talk about it I'm yeah, sure they don't, yeah, it doesn't exactly. have to be standalone sort of silos of, of, of organisations that one league does it one way one league does it another way yeah. still get yeah, together and, and talk to each other and we can and we can make a change in, in people's yeah, no, lives and it's it's so ironic because the, you know the, the talk to other talk to each other message is, is one that is prevalent in mental health yep and, and I think we've got to talk to each other just to start being able to do something about it we me and Adam from Highgate spoke recently about maybe trying to arrange um, a little northy south thing in support of knife crime. So we'd have myself and uh, and Highgate and maybe Rising Ballers, and we get three teams from south of the river to come up, or we go down and we have a little tournament across two days and raise a load of money and a load of awareness. That's something that we want to do. Absolutely. Um, and I, I just think the more people that pick it up and the more people that that get involved with it, it doesn't take a lot. You know, sometimes all it takes is saying, you know, this uh, our game this week is is proudly associated with Calm or um, a knife crime charity. You put it out on your Twitter and your Instagram, and it doesn't have to be money. It doesn't have to be raising money all the time. Awareness is the biggest thing. Yeah. I think so many people are ignorant about what is going on mental health wise and knife crime wise. They don't. They either don't understand it, don't want to understand it. And the more you can show them and, and educate them, that's when you start to make a change. So hopefully, like you say, people can come together and we can start doing something about it. Fantastic way to end the interview. Just the last question now, then, Will. Just this is your open forum section. It's your chance to say all your thank yous and shout outs to people that have um, helped you along the way in your journey with Park Worlds. Yeah, I, you know, there's, I'd be here a long, long time if I was thanking everyone, but um, Doug Brown... Um, probably deserves the biggest shout out of the lot he's he's been there from the get-go he was in the car um with uh with us boys when we thought we we formed the club on the way to uh luton airport for a holiday to magaluf and he was in the car it was partly his idea and then like i say he's he's done everything since um he's been chairman he's been manager he's been club set treasurer he's done everything for us and he still comes down every sunday he supports us runs the line all that kind of stuff. Um, so I think I'm going to leave my thank yous um, just with Doug. Uh, he deserves all the credit. Sounds like a bit of a grassroots hero to me. Legend, yeah, legend. Shout out to you, Doug. Congratulations. Um, we can't do without people like Doug. Uh, every team's got one, whether it's someone's mum washing the kits or or someone like something like that. There's always a, a figure that's holding everything together, and it sounds like Doug, yeah. Doug is that man for you. Yeah, he's our glue, mate. Uh, Will, it's been absolutely fantastic to speak to you. I can't believe we've managed um, 
such a long a long chat on a on a subject that um sadly I don't know enough about, but I will definitely do by the end of the season. Um I'm gonna try and help you um link up with some teams in the south because this is this is our area yeah. for that game you was talking about against uh, yeah, with knife crime because there's definitely some people I could I could put you in touch with which I'm very yeah, keen to, good. to support. Good. That. I think another one that, that's uh, yeah, sounds good. Definitely. Um I wish you all the best next season. It sounds like um, you've got uh, at least two or three really tough league or six league games to uh, play there against some outstanding sides, but I'm sure you hold your own. I wish you all the best in the uh, Sunday FA Cup. Um, that's the one that um, that will be your your most exciting competition, probably. In, in a step into the unknown next season, I wish you all the best. Cheers. Thanks very much, Andrew. Have a good one, Will. Thank pleasure. you. Nice one, mate. Bye now. Having trouble tracking who can play and who can't? Download Down to Play before your next match. The first app to purely focus on player availability. Get Down to Play for free in the App Store and Google Play. This week's Selk podcast was brought to you by Down to Play, the simple app for next game availability.